in English. Okay, is the transcription in English? Yes, because the last two interviews I did in Spanish. Oh, I changed the setting. Okay. okay, I think we're ready. Yep, we put my phone on silent. Perfect. Thank you for giving me that um, the time. Okay, you have any any questions or no? We go. All, no, let's all go. good. Okay, let's go. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you are connecting. And thank you for always listening to our podcast in Material Business. We have gained so many more viewers and listeners and i'm very grateful for you guys to keep on listening and if you're new here well welcome uh, my name is monica hernandez and i'm your host for the material business podcast um and today we have a very special invitee uh ruba and she's gonna talk to us about is all these new technologies uh and the 3d and it's very exciting because it's something that we normally don't talk about uh, and is now we are using a lot of those new technologies in our day-to-day -day work so thank you so much Ruba, for coming thank you Maika, for having me excellent so without further ado i'm gonna introduce Ruba. so Ruba al-nasar she's the founder and the design manager of 3d nova um and is currently working as a design manager along all the other responsibilities of running 3D Nova. She's passionate technology project specialist, specialist with more than 11 years of experience in advanced design, fabrication, and production solutions across various industries. Robert started her career in the oil and gas industry and then moved to the construction industry as a structural and design engineer for five years. She is a mother of two kids and enjoys spending time with the family, working on a prototype or watching TV during her spare time. Ruba graduated from the American University of Sarajevo with a bachelor's degree in engineering. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Monica. So nice to have you. How are you doing today? Very good, very good. How are you? Excellent. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Perfect. So you have done a lot and then definitely you are one of those girls in STEM, STEM women. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you end up in that realm? And then how did you, you know, decided that what I want to go for? So when I was at school, I've always loved uh, art, okay? I used to love art. I used to love design. But when I, it was time for me to join university and decide on what I want to do, I had to be a combination of art, design, and problem solving, which is part of it is engineering. So I was, so it was very difficult for me because I didn't really want to, want to do architecture and I didn't want to do anything to do with the full-on mechanical kind of engineering. So I decided to do a little bit of both. 
and I went into civil. I've always had a passion for uh, design and art back in school, and I love problem solving. So I thought uh, studying civil engineering might have a mix of those. But after going through my degree, I realized not, not really. Uh, but um, I've always loved these two things. Uh, that's why I, I, I went into, uh, I slowly I transitioned through my career to design and uh, the STEM, the STEM world, basically. It's because it always gives you that combination of design uh, and problem solving both together. That's very interesting. So it is, you get to have a little bit of, you know, creative creativity and then the problem yeah. solving and then the design aspect. So it's all in in one that is so, so great. Yeah. You always have to have like for with STEM, it's, it's the design aspect is as important as solving the problem. And I love the design, but it, the design has to have a purpose. It has to have a reason why we are creating that. It solves. It should solve a problem. So that's what the beauty of STEM. You have uh, both worlds working together. Oh, that's so great. That is a great way to look at it. Yeah. Thank you. So I have never done 3D. Tell me what is like a day-to-day -day in, you know, and the 3D design, safe solving a problem with 3D, what does that look like? Okay, so basically my day is is running around. Yeah. <laughs> Part of it. But 3D printing is 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 amazing. And additive manufacturing and the, the, the different materials that come up every day is is amazing, really. And uh, my day-to-day -day looks like receiving uh, customer designs or uh, receiving the, uh, a, an idea from a customer. Like at the moment, for example, we're working with a customer on a new uh, idea, a new prototype that will solve a problem in the oil and gas. So going through that one step at a time and uh, revising it, creating the prototype, adjusting it, revising it, revising it to, to get the final product, this is what my day-to-day -day looks like. And I have several of those projects. So. It, it, it ranges, like for example, at the moment, I have a, a, an art project of a sculpture. So this is completely different than oil and gas, but they all have the same concept. You receive an idea, you work on a design, you perfect it, you adjust it, you create it, and you submit it. This is exactly what it is. So these are two completely different industries, but the process is almost the same. Uh, the, the sculpture I'm working on, the customer wants to replicate it. So we took that sculpture. It's a unique sculpture made of brass. She wants to do a 3D scan of it, reverse engineer it, and 3D print it and finish it to look like the original brass sculpture. So, so they are completely different industry. This is art and this is oil and gas, but they both uh, have the exact same, almost the same uh, process. So this is my day-to-day, -day, basically. That's very interesting. So can you print in any material? Can you print in like, what is, are there any limitations on materials? Because we, you know, material business, we really like to talk about materials. So what about yeah. the material side? So materials, of course, there's a limitation at the moment. The most common is that there are different types of plastics, different grades of plastics. 
there are limitations. Like, for example, I received uh, an inquiry from a customer. They want to print a, a cover for uh, a candle. But this cover, it has this motif design on it, engraved in it. Uh, this motif design, um, it's very, very complicated motif design. 3D printing might be the, the best solution. However, because it's a candle cover, plastic will not work. She can think of printing it from metal, but that's going to be incredibly expensive. So that doesn't make any sense to print a candle holder from metal. So she had to optimize the design, change it. And I advised her to just, you know, carve it out of a metal sheet and have it bent at the workshop so that she can have that cover out of metal. Because from plastic, that will just melt. It will deform. So that will work. So this is kind of the, some limitations that are there. Even for uh, some uh, car parts, let's say we have a customer who does performance uh, performance car parts. Um, there are limitations. Like he can he does functional parts for air intakes, but for cold air intake, he can do that. But any, uh, and, and, and this is a fully functional part, but any part he wants to make that is related or close by to the engine where there's a lot of heat, then he would need to fabricate all of those designs that he's creating, of course, from metal. <laughs> so these are uh, the limitations. It's mainly heat, uh, also strength. It, materials are very, 3D printing materials, a lot of them are very high in strength, but it's still a limitation. Ah, thank you. Thank you for that um, technicality. So at the moment, the printing in in metals is limited then. And yeah, it is. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So from all the projects, and you mentioned already so many, but from all of the, the ones that you have worked on, is there any specific one that you are like, oh, that one was, you know, it brings good or bad memories, <laughs> one that you remember especially? Yes, actually there is one project that is very close to my heart and that was my first job as an entrepreneur. It was my first, first customer and that was Dubai Future Academy, Dubai Future Foundation. And we did a innovation uh, training for teenagers at that time. That was my first, first uh, uh, job and um, first customer. Uh, and the idea of that training, we gave it all out. So what we did is we gave the, 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 the attendees, we asked them that imagine you have a piece of land in Dubai. What would you build on that land? It has to have innovation in it. It has to be creativity. It has to be an idea and it has to serve the community that you live in. And the ideas that they came, came up with was incredible. Like we've had really incredible ideas that came up from students. And then and they, what they have done is they have designed that project in 3D. They've 3D printed it to showcase it and they've done a presentation on it, uh, a full-on presentation of what this uh, idea is. And they had, um, of course, there were prizes. It was approximately a two-week project. So this is a very, uh, very close project uh, to me. It was very, uh, a very nice one, very, very innovative uh, to see what, what the young minds have. 
Another really nice, uh, uh, several projects that I've worked on was one of my top customers at the moment. She's been incredible support to me. Uh, she's been my main customer. And every time we come up with an art installation or a sculpture or a me mechanical prototype, every time we have a project together, it's something completely different. So many challenges. And the more challenges, the better, because you learn so much and you get to try a lot. It's like our mini research and development uh, area in, in, in this. Uh, sounds so inspiring. Thank you for sharing. So you mentioned entrepreneurial. And then from your bio, we know that before that you were in the, in the corporate world. So how, like, when did you decide to jump into being an entrepreneur? And then how did that happen? Like, and what was the motivation? Like, maybe that's, that's something that a lot of people perhaps are looking at. And I always enjoy when I have entrepreneurs in the, in the podcast, because that gives, uh, an idea of what was the motivation and how it's like to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. So when I, uh, in my second job, I was working in a production fiberglass production company. And in, they, they used to work on amazing projects. Like I had an amazing uh, manager as well. Uh, he was just fantastic. And I loved the, the environment there. I was in an office of around 60 employees of which only myself and, a, and another female and 58 males. <laughs> so it, it's a very male dominated uh, environment. So um, it, it was two reasons why I decided to switch and start my own uh, to become an entrepreneur and start my own uh, small business. First reason is it became very difficult as a woman to um, move up. It became very difficult uh, as a woman it, it, because it's a very male dominated uh, environment. Um, it's just the criteria becomes very different. You know, uh, it, it, it's it's the they always look at the men that they have the upper hand in everything related to uh, such industries, you know, and this applies to all more, most of the engineering industries, I would think. Uh, the second reason is I had my second uh, daughter and uh, our working hours are very long. It's, around, it's from 7 a.m. to around 6 p.m. And there, the, the, Usually private uh, companies, they don't have a lot of uh, accommodation to, you know, new moms and uh, having a new baby. Uh, it's not that, it's not that flexible. So I was able, I was lucky because my manager uh, uh, gave me the opportunity to work part-time uh, half a day until my daughter was one. Uh, but, and then after that, things had to change and it became very, very uh, difficult for me to go back and work till six and, and leave her with a nanny all day. So I decided, you know, it's time to uh, uh, fulfill what I've been wanting to do for a long time and start something in additive uh, manufacturing because that was, that was like a completely new idea uh, six years ago. And I just jumped right into it. I just handed over my resignation and I said, this is the time I'm just going to do this. And I think it was 
one of the best uh, decisions I've made. The amount of learnings you do when you uh, quit your day-to-day job and uh, decide to run your own. Uh, the other day I was talking with the, my partner and it's it's almost half, let's say, uh, $100,000 worth of investment in yourself just to become an entrepreneur because the learnings you learn, it's nothing that you can learn in any school or university or nothing. It's a, it's a, it's an incredible, incredible learning uh, journey. So this is my uh, uh, entrepreneurship uh, learning phase and how I switched. So one day you decided it's enough, I'm doing it. Yeah. And you had already a plan made or it was just like, I'll figure it out. No, I actually before, uh, uh, while I was still working, I had the idea, like I wanted to do a few things and I've been working on, on, uh, on the idea for around four or five months, but I was not yet at that stage where I say I will leave my job and start, uh, 3D Nova, but there was a time where it was like a sign it, it, it I was asked to come back full time. So I said, you know what, I think maybe this is a sign and it's time it, let's let's take this opportunity and focus fully on uh, 3D Nova. So that's when I, I on the same day I just ha- sent an email with my resignation on the same day. No, not even planned. <laughs> and it and it was it was uh, it was the best decision I believe. That sounds fantastic, and I I agree with you. It's a very steep. A learning curve because all of a sudden you are having to be all of the challenges that you like, right? You have to be creative and you have to solve problems and you have to. So exactly. it's, and you went right into it. Well, congratulations. So 3D Nova has already six years. Almost uh, five and a half years. That's so great. Well, congratulations. Thank you. So from your perspective, what's the advantage then on this technological advancement, let's say, um, and the 3D printing versus uh, a piece. And then I can for sure see the one example that you gave us on this client that wants to replicate a piece of art. So that's their motivation. But say, for example, in the industrial environment, what will be, say, one of the advantages of using 3D printing versus conventional things? It's, it's simply, uh, simply two things, uh, on demand. So you don't need to leave large stock of parts uh, available in your warehouse that will utilize a lot of space. So it's on demand. Whenever you need that piece, you get it made and you just need one machine for it, let's say, or two machines, but you don't need a warehouse to store, uh, parts. So this is one main advantage of additive. The other one is uh, a saves material. For example, sometimes we have a, a, we have a, a sculpture that instead of carving it out from, let's say, a block of wood or uh, a block of uh, foam, instead of carving it out, you can just get it 3D printed from scratch. This way you save all the material that's been carved out and that's going to get thrown away eventually. So these are the two main things, uh, saving material and uh, on demand. And the third, the third thing is, is actually there are designs that there is no way to get it done 
other than 3D printing. The design itself and the complexity of it, you have to skip the 3D printing. Wow. Especially, especially if it's a one-off uh, one piece. If you have like a thousand pieces, you're making a thousand pieces, then you can get a mold done and replicate it. But if it's a one, two, three pieces, the best way is to 3D print. And um, um, you're, you're saying the, the words that we like a lot to talk in, in material business, which is sustainability. And so reducing uh, all that waste and then reducing yeah. the use of raw material, uh, obviously is a, a tremendous advantage. 100%. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So we've talked a lot about, you know, the, the STEM and then how like you and I are, you know, women in, in, in an industry that is male dominated. And you touched a little bit about how, you know, to get up into the, the ladder, it's a little bit more complicated for women. So. What do you think will be like, what do you think about where we are right now? It's any different from six years ago that you were in the industry? Has it changed? Like what is the evolution, if any, on that aspect? Of course, hundred percent. I think it's changing. Uh, every, every year I see a complete different change and, um, I don't know if you've heard about this new, or there's this organization that I've recently joined, uh, not recently joined, but I'm, uh, I'm now the regional director uh, for, it's called, uh, for the Middle East, it's called Women in 3D Printing. And uh, the whole purpose of Women in 3D Printing is to empower women in these industries and uh, get them more involved in uh, uh, specifically additive in, uh, manufacturing, which is the, the main part, but, but this is only one area. And, and you can see organizations like this, once they are created, they provide a support system for women to be more involved in these industries and to close this gender gap that, that's available. And I can see this slowly, this is uh, changing. And even recently I've heard in a, um, um, uh, from an investor, there was a pitch, uh, uh, from, from one of my friends, actually, they were pitching their startup, uh, at a competition at a pitch competition. And, uh, the investor said, and it was, it was, um, an, an industrial part that they're working on. It's a, it's, a, it's for an oil and gas. And the, the investor said, how come your team, you're a team of four for my friend. How come you're a team of four, but there are no women in your team? I want to see some women in your team. And this was, the, I found that very impressive. Like the, one of the criteria for that competition is to have both women and men on that team. So things are changing. It's, it's staying changing for the, for the, on to the positive side. Definitely. Like I thought that comment from, from the investor that because they do see now the value, they see the value of having both, uh, both working together because it's different mindsets, different ways of looking at things. Absolutely. I was, I, I went last week to the engineering for uh, the engineering, the energy forum. And then one of the things that they 
it was repeatedly said in stage is, you know, it, the, the more uh, different mentalities that you have on a table, so not only women and men, but also, you know, old people, younger people, more experienced one, less experienced one, you know, from whatever, from Colombia, from Dubai, from Libya, from China, from Canada, from whatever, the more diverse group that you have to take a decision, the easier it becomes because you all are drawing from your perspective. And then it becomes challenging because obviously we don't all have the same values and the same, we don't see things, but then that, that challenge is what brings the best and the more uh, sustainable ideas in and overall. So it was, it was said all over and over and over. So you are seeing the change. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. That's so, that's so cool. That's so cool. So they, those organizations are empowering women to be, you know, whatever they want to be. Exactly. So what kind of, for example, what kind of activities do they offer? Is there anything that they that they offer to empower? Yes. So um, at the moment, they all of the ambassadors that are representing each country, and primarily it has to be a woman uh, within that field. I mean, if they cannot find uh, someone, uh, a female, and like for example, uh, we had one country where we couldn't find any female to represent uh, so we had a male come on board. Uh, so, but this is the criteria: like you have to be a, a female uh, working in this field to represent your country as an ambassador. Uh, for example, the last uh, the last uh, uh, conference uh, that happened, which is Type TIPE conference, it was uh, the lo- most of the speakers were also women from uh, uh, women and their input and. And actually, the, the the two ladies who are representing uh, women in 3D printing, they're at the head of uh, one of the top companies in the world in additive manufacturing uh, that are, are both are uh, women. So they focus a lot uh, on, on how to empower uh, women in this field. That's so great. So conferences, opportunities, are there any like mentorship opportunities as well or like learning? They have mentorship, they have career also. There was a career fair within the conference as well. So anyone who's looking for opportunities, whether hybrid, uh, remotely, in-person, uh, in a career and job opportunities, there were uh, companies there that were representing and hiring as well. That sounds amazing. And it's, you know, it's one of the things that we have said over and over and over in the show is build on your, build on your, your support system. And this is a a beautiful opportunity and then a good idea on how to do it. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So if, let me ask you this, if you were. 15 years younger, you could travel to in the time, you know, and go back and talk to Ruba 15 years ago. What would you say to yourself? Um, I would say, uh, I would, I would, you know, 
I would not be so uh, hard on myself. I would say I would push. I would still push myself the way I used to push myself in school. I think I'm I'm pretty happy with how I. Uh, I used to be very hardworking students in school and in university. Uh, uh, I would do exactly the same thing. I would do exactly the same thing. I would keep my momentum. I keep working hard, and um, and I would say that. For all the girls, I mean, at that age, you the, the I I heard this saying the other day from uh, from this uh, famous uh, person. His name is Grant Cardone. I don't know if you know him, but he said it, he said a, a saying. It completely slipped off my mind. It's basically related to hard work and success. They are both related to each other. Uh, you can't if, if for all students now, even in in school, you can't uh, uh, lay down and you know have a break all the time and and not do all the work and expect to get to get something or expect to become successful or get the the grades you want or reach the level you want if you don't put in the hard work. It's not enough to only be smart. You have to put in a lot of hard work. So I think this is something I've heard. He had a specific say, but I can't remember it right now. But it's basically hard work and grit is what will get you anything. Yeah, I, I read yesterday something and they said there is a formula. So everything that you know, so everything you have studied and then you have a accumulated of knowledge and all that, the experience you have, so exposure and experience, but then the most important, those two is addition. So experience plus your knowledge. And that you make times your attitude. So your attitude actually is the multiplier. The other two things are important. They add value, but the multiplier of anything is your attitude. So uh, that is absolutely it. You cannot just, you know, uh, like you said, uh, not do the work and then expect all of a sudden to have success and then uh, yeah. be. I love that. I love that. The, the attitude part. I love that. Yeah. That's very nice. Yeah. Super. So we've talked about many things. We are almost at the end um, of our time together. So do you have any message for the audience? And then I'll ask you for two messages. I'll ask you, no, actually I'll ask you for three messages because you're, you're special. Oh. I'll ask you for one message for the girls in STEM. And then I'll ask you for a message for the general audience. And then I'll ask you for a message for anyone that is thinking, oh my God, my day sucks. I don't want to do nine to five. I don't see my children. I want to go and do something on my own. And th those people that are debating whether or not being an, an entrepreneur. Okay. So uh, my first message to the girls is it doesn't matter uh, what it is you want to do. You should go out and try. If you try, if you don't try, if you have a passion for something, or if you're interested, not even a passion, sometimes you don't even know that you have a passion for something unless you first try it. How are you going to know you're passionate about it if you don't try? So go ahead and try. Keep trying until you find what you really want to do. 
and go ahead and do it. Don't 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 uh, allow anyone to put any barriers for you. Don't don't allow them to say, "Oh, this is not for girls. This is for boys." You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Just go and try. Okay, Ch- just challenge people around you. Go ahead and try. Um, for the um, uh, for let's say in general, my mom. I mean, as a a, a, a mom uh, who's been living here for a very long time and a, 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 a entrepreneur, and I've worked in 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 the construction industry, oil and gas, and these industries, I would say, if you believe in something and if you believe that you can uh, uh, make something work and you believe in yourself and you know that something is going to work, go ahead and do it. I, there's a lot of people around you who will tell you, no, this will not work. Don't do that. Don't try this because they think they have more experience. But you know what you want and you know what you have to do. So try it and do it. If it works, then you've at, at least tried and you say, I've tried and it, and it worked. But if it doesn't, you, uh, you won't feel the regret that you haven't tried. So uh, always work on it and try to block the external voices unless it's coming from a professional like Monica, let's say. <laughs> but always try. Don't, don't block yourself uh, because this person said and then say and so on. And uh, for mom, I know it's hard, really. It's very hard. Like, uh, uh, for example, the past few days, my son has exams and I've been trying to run around, dropping him off to exams and picking him up after an hour and then running to the next meeting and then coming back to pick up my second child and preparing lunch and then getting all the work done and staying up late for a, to work to finish a design and so on. I always say is that once, if you have an opportunity to spend just five minutes with those kids without thinking about work, without thinking of what you have to do next, without thinking about uh, all the chores that you have to do, enjoy it. Like yesterday, it was just a five minutes drop to school uh, with my kids. And we spent the whole five minutes talking about uh, uh, what, terminology we used to use in the 90s, uh, instruments that that I used to use in the 90s. And I asked my kids a few questions about what's a fax machine? What's a VHS uh, machine? And what's, what's a Walkman? And we had a huge laugh about all these things. And it was very, it was a very nice uh, conversation to see what they understand from, from certain things. So enjoy the moment with them because one day they will grow up and you will not get those small talks as often as you would think. Oh, that's so great. And it's, it's very interesting. I had a, a talk at, at one of the schools, um, on Monday, and then that was one of the topics. It's how do we connect in a mo- in a moment that is busy, like we are busy and then people have two, three jobs or one job that is very demanding or whatever, and they come home and they're busy and. So it's not the quantity uh, of time. It is what you're saying. It is the quality. So if it is only five minutes, if it is only 10 minutes, if it is only that time is undedicated attention to that, to that person. And then that makes the connection blossom. Yeah. 
hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Even if it's just a ride to school, a ride to the to, to your soccer class, whatever it is, it's five minutes on TV. It's all. It's all. All. It's the quality, not the quantity. Excellent, Ruba. We are at the end of the 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 podcast today, and I, I thank you very much for coming and for giving us that time and for enlightening. And I'm very um, curious now about uh, learning more about three D printing. I know it's a really good solution, and now that we have a little bit of information on the advantages and all that is really nice congratulations on your venture congratulations on 3d nova and um and kudos for being the person the mom you know the the friend the lead the spouse that inspires people i know that a lot of people look up to you and it is so nice to have women represent us in a such a nice way in all the aspects of life. Thank you. Thank you so much, Monica, and all the best with your podcast. I think you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. And to all our audience, keep on uh, dialed and subscribe like the YouTuber said. And uh, we'll continue having uh, the next episode in two weeks. And um, I'll hope to see you and hear from you in the next weeks. So thank you so much. Thank you.